You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you, you just, just want to ask your mom. mom. Welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Bonnie Blaylock. And I'm Renee Sproles. Well, kids, we love them to pieces. They bring such joy to our lives. And the second that we find out we're pregnant or that first time we kiss their sweet faces, well, you can't imagine your life without them. But along with all the hugs and the laughter and the joy, kids can bring chaos. You got it. Having kids can make staying organized really, really hard. And if you weren't that inclined to be organized before having kids, well, you can feel like you're drowning once that little one comes with all the diapers, furniture, sleepers, toys, bath items, high chairs, baby bottles, bibs, burp cloths. You're stressing me out. (laughs) You get the idea. That's right. So today, that is why we have with us a professional organizer, Gabri Goodwin, and she's going to help us think through some practical steps to have less clutter, and as Marie Kondo would say, create spaces that spark joy. Well, welcome, Gabri. Hi, I'm happy to be here. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. We want our audience to get to know you a little bit before we get started. Yeah, sure. So I um, am 28. I have been friends um, with you, Renee, and your daughter, Emma, now my sister-in-law for a long time. Love you guys. As far as my background in organizing, I actually um, went to school for fine art. I also work as an artist when I'm not organizing, but I have always loved to organize. When I would go over to my friends' houses when I was little for playdates, Instead of playing, I would help them organize their rooms and clean their rooms. <laughs> I was like the kid you wanted to have over because <laughs> you would have me over and then their rooms would look better afterwards. I've just always really enjoyed bringing order. For me, I think it's like a combination of enjoying the process of bringing order and also it's beautiful to me. And I, I think that goes along with my artistic side. To me, it's also an art. Because seeing like a well-organized pantry or drawer, it looks like art to me and it looks beautiful. So that's like really how I approach it. That's an unusual way to look at it. I'm curious, are you, would you consider yourself type A and are you a firstborn? I am a firstborn (laughs) and I would consider myself type A. Maybe not as much as some because I... I was raised in a really like flexible household. So I think that softened maybe some rough edges, but yeah, I'm probably more type A. (laughs) So if you didn't catch that listeners, full disclosure, Emma, my daughter married Gabri's brother. (laughs) Y'all were actually friends first. We were good (laughs) friends. And then Thomas saw, he's like, wait, this is kind of like a great thing you have over here. And I'm like, yeah, it is. Best decision he ever made. <laughs> following the Lord. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Emma, in my opinion. And you've probably also heard me mention that David got me a pantry cleaning as a like organization as part of my Christmas present. Gabri did it. It's beautiful. It is it was it so is fun. It is a work of art. You're oh, right. It's it is thank so, you. It's so um 
satisfying when you open the doors and you don't cringe. And I still have a couple of closets oh. in my house where when I open the door, <laughs> what makes so, me happy? We're going to work on them. <laughs> picture of that to put on social media, to show people the beautiful work of art that that is. That's for yes, sure. Yes. Yes. So, okay. Let's jump right into the conversation because I've yes. got a lot of questions for you. And I, my hope for our listeners today is that they'll just grab like one or two really gems from you. Yeah that they can just take home and do themselves because sure. I think you've got some nuggets of wisdom to share that maybe those of us who are not inclined to just at three years old, go to a friend's house to play and organize. <laughs> so you've done this just by naturally. And now you've done this as a, as a career really for several yeah. years. Yeah. So I work with a company called a fresh space in Nashville um, Liz Jenkins is my boss. She's been doing this for about 20 years and she is absolutely incredible. Uh, now there's a team of about 30 of us in total, but, um, I have just learned so, so, so much from, um, Liz, the team, my coworkers that if you hear me saying anything that sounds good, it's probably largely due to their expertise and learning from them. I've worked with them for about three years. Okay. So, um, Right. As you said, Renee, we're not, we're not airing this to make anybody feel guilty or add one more thing to your list. It's, it's actually the opposite. It's trying to get things off your, um, off your radar and off your list. Um, and if you can only do one small thing while you're stuck inside in the cold weather this winter, this is a great opportunity and time to do that. Um, then just pick one thing. So what do you think are the biggest obstacles to maintaining an organized home? Yeah, I think there can be so many. Um, to me, I think some of the biggest ones that I see people struggle with are feeling overwhelmed. Um, it's a, you know, they look at their house as a whole and it can be very overwhelming. Going alongside that would be time. You know, it, it, these projects can be time consuming, so they can kind of go hand in hand. And I think people tend to procrastinate large, large scale projects like this that overwhelm them or they don't feel like they have time for. So that just doesn't get done at all. And then perfectionism is another huge one that I think people struggle with depending on your personality. Like they want to either do it right or they don't do it at all. No, yeah. I think a lot of those categories overlap because yes. you see your house as a whole and you get overwhelmed and then you procrastinate because you're right. a perfectionist yes. and you, all the things kind of totally. weave together. So yeah, they're hard to, yeah. hard to overcome. Yeah. And I will say, I think a lot of times when people have, you know, clutter or buildup or, you know, spaces that need to be, you know, edited down, purged, a lot of times it can be something like a mental roadblock that is manifesting itself in a physical space. I see that a lot with our clients and um, it can be certain areas of your house. And I think it can relate to, you know, certain areas in your mind that are just have some build up stuff that you need to go through. Um, Give me an example of something like that. I know. I'm yeah. just they're thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it can be really obvious. Like, you know, maybe you have like a loved one that passed and you have, you know, memories from them that you need to go through, but you haven't completely dealt with that, you know, trauma and sadness um, mentally yet. And so it's also a physical roadblock 
because you look at their stuff and you think, you know, I just can't fully process that right now. That's like a really obvious example. But um, I see different things all the time, like maybe somebody working through some body issues doesn't want to go through their closet because it's a trigger for them. And, you know, maybe somebody going through a hard time with a child doesn't want to deal with, you know, that child's room or piles of schoolwork or papers associated. It could just be anything. Those are like some surface level ones, but you can go really deep with it. And I see it all the time. It's a very personal process. Interesting. Um, So go back to what we say all the time. Get a little curious about yourself. And if you can't open that drawer anymore or your closet is just beyond, Mm -hmm. then maybe ask, why is that? Why does that bother me so much? Totally. I think that's one of the best things you can do. Um, And it'll really open up. It can be a really emotional process. Not always. Sometimes it can, you can get into it. It's a fun, creative project, like I said, but it can also be emotional and let that happen. You know, let yourself work through that. We see tears and that's good. You know, it means you're going through things and physically it's like a physical manifestation of mental issues you're working through. So you're a professional organizer slash counselor therapist. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) People say that to me all the time. I had someone tell me last week, you know, you're like our marriage counselor and like, that's not, no, like I'm not, but you know, it's, you dive into that a little bit with people. Wow. Okay. And so another obstacle that you were pointing out to us when we were talking mm-hmm. about this ahead of time is lack of materials or, yes. or space. Yeah. That's so that's a big hurdle. Mm-hmm. It is. It's a big obstacle. Um, and I came with just a couple tips and tricks to help people maybe a young moms kind of manage that because not everyone has tons of money you want to pour into that. And that's being conscious of your budget. And I love that. So um, if you're struggling with materials and sometimes it's like a spatial issue because you have a small space and the smaller space you have, the more specific and better your materials kind of demand, you know? Um, So get creative. One of my favorite tricks is to determine the item you need find it on Amazon. And then if you scroll to the bottom of the page um, in the description, a lot of times there's options that are um, by used. And sometimes, you know, it's just stuff people have returned, but you can get a great discount. So that's one option that's just beyond container store um, if you're on a budget. Just for the moms, let me interject here. Like I'm 52 and I just got on the container store level. So, oh yeah, Gabri yeah. <laughs> literally took out my lime green plastic dollar <laughs> piece Walmart bins. The, the, the cheapest, like I wanted the things, but we could not afford it. Sure. And I bought what we could afford, and it worked. It worked for yeah twenty years. Oh yeah. And I think that's being like responsible is, you know, knowing when you can do a project like this at home without breaking the bank. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, the gorgeous acrylic or wicker or wood yeah. containers, they do spark joy. Sure. They are yes, not necessary. We can't deny. <laughs> but really the sparks joy is having your stuff straight. So when you open right. a door or a cabinet. Don't let that be a barrier. Yeah. That's like the bottom line. Yeah. Um. A couple other little tips and tricks. Um, 
I remember when I was in college and I wanted to like organize my dorm room but make it look cute. If you go to Goodwill, they have a lot of times a ton of mismatched baskets. Get yourself a can of spray paint and take a mismatch set from Goodwill and make it a matching set with a can of matching spray paint. Ta-da! <laughs> yes. Awesome. Organizing on a budget. It can be done. Or, you know, little stuff like look, look around your home. We tell people shop from your home, you know, go through and figure out what maybe you didn't know could be an organizing material, like your kids Easter baskets. Maybe those could in their closet display cute stuffed animals or, you know, anything, anything can, you can make stuff work if you get creative. Also, I, one tip I would give people if you're um, going out to purchase materials, but don't want to spend a fortune, I think Hobby Lobby has a lot of great options and you know there's stuff you can always if you find the right time you can get it on a really good deal but they have some really pretty canisters and baskets you may try I would never think to go there right yeah no they have a lot of I have really gorgeous glass containers with bamboo lids my laundry room from them and they look like ones from container store but at a fraction of the price Mm -hmm. love that tip I was going to have you talk about some of the hardest areas as a mom, I was thinking back, okay, when I was raising my kids, what was the hard areas to keep straight? And for us, it was the kitchen because we homeschooled Mm -hmm. and we homeschooled the kitchen, Um, the mud room or the entryway, the playroom, dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Um, Their bedrooms and the garage. But you said there's some general principles that apply to all those rooms. Right. Can you unpack those before we get specific? Yes. I think um, some of the general principles you want to look at is when you're going into a space, um, the first thing I ask myself with a client or a personal space is, do I need all of this stuff? We call it editing because you're, it's a little bit nicer term for purging or going through your items. You know, you're going through and deciding um, what you need and what you can't live without and what could go. And I think the harsher and um, the more strict you're willing to be with yourself um, in the editing, the better the project is going to go. And I know that can seem a little bit um, like overwhelming because it can, you can look at a big space like a playroom or a child's room and it's like, oh, it's just, so much so like there's ways you can pre-edit beforehand one of my favorite tips to give young moms actually came from emma and i pass this on to many of my clients and i use it all the time she um said take a couple empty bins put it in the child's closet but you could do this in your own closet in a playroom would be great um anywhere where there's a large volume of personal belongings. And as you find stuff that the kids have grown out of, put it in a bin marked too small or Goodwill. Emma said she has two, one for too small, one for Goodwill. That's what I tell my clients. And if you are not comfortable voting with Goodwill, of course, that could also be a pile, you know, to give to hand-me-downs as another mom friend. But basically just one that's going and one that might be staying for future kids. And that way, as you're dressing your little kid in the morning and you say, oh, these pants are too small, you can make that decision then instead of doing it all at once later. Which is and the overwhelming and procrastinating which, part. Right. 
Right. And that's the time part, because if you're doing it as you go, you've already, no matter what, looked at the pants and realized they're too small. So you've already taken that time. This just gives you a target. But I think you could do that with toys. Like, you know, as you're cleaning up, maybe the playroom is an explosion. And, but you realize there's still some toys on the shelf. Maybe those go into a designated donate box, you know? Or as what I sometimes do is in my own closet, sometimes I'll even literally be, this is the strict part comes in. I'll be like wearing an item all day and I just don't feel good in it. I feel bad. And instead of just putting it back in my closet and doing repeating the cycle two months later, I just take it off and I've literally put it in a donation pile. Like, you know what? This didn't make me feel good. It didn't spark joy. I was keeping it out of a place of obligation just do it as you go. And if you can have those zones in your house set up, um, it's going to save you in a lot of areas. Awesome. Very There's a, um, a book that I love. It's been out for a long time now called the not so big house. Um, and she talks about this on a bigger architectural level. If you're going to build a house mm. or even if you're in the house, in a house already to just look around at your rooms and ask yourself, how do we really live? And how do we really use these rooms? And we recently had a friend who just did this with her dining room, her formal dining room. And she's looking around saying, you know, we use this place twice a year for like big yeah. holidays and all the rest of the time, whoops, it's an unused space yeah. with, you know, furniture that's kind of stuffy. So she's actually going back and saying, all right, well, we're going to transform that into a place that we do use. And we're going to fill yep. up with things that we do love. and um, we recently did this I with like love that. empty nest house because we had the bedrooms upstairs and I think, well, those are the bedrooms. Why do they have to just stay bedrooms? So now one of them is an office. And if somebody comes, we'll move the desk out of the way and put a mattress on the floor. So I just love that. expand your thinking yeah. on what parts of your house are actually for and how you're using them most of the time. Don't get stuck in a, the, what the blueprints say. Right. I think that's so smart and wise, especially like you said, with like homeschool moms. Um, I have been trying to convince my parents for years, their formal dining room should be turned into like a library. And um, yeah. my um, fiance and I have actually started looking for our first place um, after we get married. And we've been looking at places with dining rooms and already decided, you know probably this is not the year we're going to do the most entertaining. Let's, if we find a place with a formal dining room, turn it into like an art studio for me and like a music room for him, because that's the kind of thing we'll actually use. Otherwise, where is that stuff going to go? I love that. And then it's sometimes because I've seen this, I've seen this in a lot of people's homes, the dining room, because it's not used, becomes the place where you put the yes. stuff. I see that all the time. It's people's um dropping zone their dump dumping ground I noticed that that's actually a really good point in a lot of people's houses I go into and there's that one room and it's because they don't use it and it just accumulates mm. we're like goldfish you know we just fill any space that you give us and that is just a principle I see repeated over and over Let's put that on a bumper sticker. <laughs> well, it kind of is. That was a Ted Lasso thing, right? Be a goldfish. Yeah. Because right? the memory is very short. Yeah, anyway. that's oh my true. Goodness. 
Okay, so how do you declutter? Walk us through how how do you start? How do you begin? Yeah, instead of just like looking in a room and starting off pulling everything out, I like to be a little more systematic with it. One way you could approach it is um, if you're, for example, maybe you're trying to organize your shoes in your closet. You probably should start by removing them from the space. It kind of is a mental um, mental exercise. Just having something removed from the space can really help you. We do it with our clients all the time. Take out all their clothes on a rack instead of just going through. Because there's something about seeing that pair of shoes or that shirt when it's away from its place that makes you see it anew. You know, you have a different perspective on it. So that's the first thing you may want to do. And then I personally like to start by just putting in the shoes or whatever, you know, you can fill in the blank, but I'm going to use shoes that I like and I know I want to keep. So my very favorites, the ones that are like on heavy rotation, I'll put those back in the closet first. And then um, you may look at the remaining pairs and ask yourself, you know, what am I using these for? Am I keeping, I think, Oh, I see a lot of people hold on to stuff from a place of obligation. Like, oh, but this one, you know, at one point in my life served me really well, or this was a gift, or, um, you know, it could be anything. I spent really a lot of money to, on yes, it. Yes, I spent a lot of money. That was a big one. And that, to me, is actually you're hurting yourself twice. Because first you bought it, spent a lot of money, and you didn't use it. That's the first thing. But the second thing is keeping that around because now you look at it's a constant painful reminder of something you don't even like. And it's like a, it's like a visual regret. People keep a lot of visual regret in their house and it's like you're punishing yourself. And I think it is a form of self-punishment. Oh, um, that's a nice truth bomb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People do it with gifts and things that they spend too much money on. So you know, don't punish yourself, release yourself to get rid of the things that like that. It's a doing, it's like being, giving yourself grace. You know, it's a good exercise. You wouldn't make somebody else keep that. If you were going through with, you know, your daughter and she said, oh, I don't really like these, but I spent a lot of, you know, you wouldn't be like, oh, you're right. You should hold on to that just to, for no good reason, you know? Mm-hmm. So go that through was item a, that by was item. A- revelation to me when you came and did my pantry is you took everything Mm. out yeah you took it all out and I thought yeah here we go and my kitchen (laughs) is so full and I was like oh I'm not gonna have too much stuff in my pantry she's just gonna (laughs) restore it and I was shocked shocked how much stuff was in there that I didn't really care to be in there anymore. So yeah, that was a, yeah. I feel like I'm a fairly organized person, but I had never done, you are. I had never pulled everything out. Like you yes. did. That, was just, yeah. that to me just stuck. Right. And I was like, that's I'm, I'm taking yeah. with me. I'm going to do that next time. Yeah. It's an important part of this process and it, it, it is worth taking the extra few minutes. I know it it's hard, especially if you're a busy mom to find that carve out that time, but it will help you have better lasting results and make a bigger impact if you allow yourself to take that step. Well, you know, um, when, when we had younger kids, now not toddlers, but I had a mom friend and I like, she just asked me to come over and help her. 
So yes, shadowing. Yeah. yeah body so doubling. she was like, you will, you will help me like make the hard choices, edit mm-hmm. as you could say. And yes. our kids could play together while I was helping her. That's so smart. You were a closet. So again, like, like phone a friend. Yeah. Yeah. And I, we generally in my company, we actually work almost exclusively in pairs. So I've found that it makes things so much better and more fun when you have somebody to bounce stuff off of and you have that person because sometimes you need someone to hold your hand and help you allow yourself to let stuff go. Someone to give you permission. So yeah, I think that's such a great idea. Having your mom friend come over, make it fun, you know, like make a day out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and you could, you could do it for each other, right? Like one nap. Yes. You're at your house, one nap time, your house, you know, whatever, do it on Saturdays right. and help or whatever. But yeah, um, it's so much more fun doing it. With oh someone. yeah. A hundred percent. And you think of stuff that, you know, the, they have ideas that you wouldn't have thought of and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he, looking someone in the eye and like explaining why you want to do something. <laughs> yes. That's yes. convicting. And if you have a friend that really knows you, they'll know when you're like squirming and being like, Oh yeah, but I, I just, I might use it some, you know, they'll hold you accountable. Hopefully. I love that. (gasps) And they're seeing you, you know, you see yourself in one way and your friend is an outside person seeing you. So they'll, if it's a good friend, they will tell you that's not your best color. Yeah. You don't keep that thing or you don't look so good in that, or you look better in this other thing. And you think you look awesome. (laughs) Maybe (laughs) somebody else's opinion sometimes is a gentle nudge. Yes. I saw um, a reel the other day, which, you know, is the source of all real true information (laughs) on Instagram. And the mom was saying that um, moms with daughters look better than moms with sons. Because moms with daughters mm. actually get critiqued. Like the daughter, that's, so that's when she looks good on you. Do not put that on in public. You know, that kind of thing. And the boys are like, oh, mom, you look great. We love you, mom. You look right. so <laughs> Wow. That is actually so insightful. <laughs> that's nothing to do that's with the thing, but I'm just throwing that out there. You get that one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, talk That's to me weird. about, um, cause here's what I would do as a young mom. I would go up to the playroom bonus room. Usually yes. I would be like, okay, we're getting organized up here and I would do it, but it wasn't a system that my children mm. could keep that you could up. maintain. Yeah. yeah. That is a really hard one. Kids tend to destroy things and systems if you aren't careful. Um, and it, it's just really hard. One of the things I have to say is give yourself grace. If you start a system and then, you know, three months later have to rework it because that's just going to happen. One of the things you have to overcome is being afraid to fail because it's a really big trial and error kind of practice. Organizing is so don't there's just a lot of one time and think I'm terrible at it. Forget it. Right. No. Um, And as a side note, I would say, just give yourself permission and license to fail organizing in general, because even in things like editing, I tend to be an over editor. I get rid of too much, but I will tell you, I don't regret it because I would rather have live a pared down lifestyle and occasionally regret a book or something that I could repurchase later or borrow from a friend than 
having too much and just living that way because you're afraid to fail. So that's a good blanket statement. Um, But I'm going to interject there too, Gabri, and say that you are a different generation than Renee and Mm. I, and your generation as a whole tends to think that way. You don't want our old China. You don't want all of our stuff in the attic. You don't want all that stuff. You just said, I would prefer to live a pared down lifestyle. And I think if you are maybe 40 and above, (laughs) you don't necessarily think that way. Yeah. You're still stuck in the inheritance mode and I'm going to give all this stuff. So how do you bridge that? Who can blame you? I mean, you have to understand where you come from, which is, you know, you're parents and grandparents like depression era and so that is I think in some people's DNA they inherited it and you have to you know break free from that a little bit I think it can even be a spiritual thing you know breaking off former bonds of I have to keep every potato peel and this could be used for this and um, you have to be okay with uh, something we say with a lot of our clients that tend to hoard things is sometimes you need to let the store hold on to that for you. People that tend to like keep every screw and nail, like, you know, you have to cut it off somewhere. And yes, we don't want to live frivolously and have to do that all the time. But if it's something that you pick up and you're like, okay, but I might need that in five years, this one scrap of wood, let Home Depot store it. That's what they're there for. (laughs) Amen. Amen. My mom used to say like, you're going to have any experience of your life because you've given everything (laughs) away. And she's kind of not wrong because (laughs) I don't have a lot of memories (laughs) of my past life. I have to look at a picture, but it it was freeing. I I did not. And then you're right. When you, when you pare down and constantly edit, you are going to have a time that you need something you gave away. It's just going to happen. But how many did I give away that I never needed? Way more. Right. Right. Way more. And you're, you live a happy pared down lifestyle. You can, there's so many pros to it. You can find your stuff. I see people that have too much and that keep stuff because what if they need it, but they can't find it when they need it because it's buried next under a pile. So then it's even worse. You don't have any of the benefits, you know? (laughs) You are so right, my friends. (laughs) It is really hard with kids, but I know you have some tips that a lot of moms could use so yes so I would say my main overarching tip when it comes to kids clothes and toys is less is more which I know that's a pretty popular concept at this point but I think I see this every day you know the less they start with the easier it's going to be the playrooms that are the most challenging are the ones, you know, filled with the tiny little parts and a thousand of them. So the more you can just be brutal and I mean, start from the beginning, like I, it's easier to not let them in your house than to take them out once they're already there. So the more you can encourage your friends and family if they're, because most, whenever I have this problem, a lot of times it's because the parents are like, well, they're sweet grandparents. You know, they just give them so many toys for their birthday or their friends, you know, they have birthday parties, just like encourage as best you can to do like experiences or, 
you know, presents that only last for so long, like, <laughs> I don't know, anything that you can think of that is not going to be just more toys with tiny little parts, because that's where you really run into trouble. Um, but once you have them there, it's not impossible to organize them. You're just going to be putting in a little more consistent effort to keep the systems. Um, I think bins without lids are probably best for most kids. Any kind of barrier, you know, gonna can be off-putting, especially if you have, you know, kids with ADHD, um, anything like that, that can really be a huge barrier when they can't physically see. So like sometimes clear is better for kids because even though like the nice bins can make things look tidier, if they don't know where to put away, you know, that toy, because sometimes they can't read, right? then right. Um, that's going to help. And then labels, labels, labels. And sometimes for kids spaces, we actually do picture labels. It is a lot of work on, you know, in the beginning. But like I said, if you're going to have a lot of toys with little parts, if you're, you know, that might be a compromise you want to make is to put in the work to do a picture label can make it fun for kids and um, be engaging for them yeah I think that sounds like such a fun idea yeah yeah it can be fun Sometimes it's a craft people even project get, like, yeah people can even do it with a polaroid camera um you know you can make it fun Ooh, cute so cute. yeah and then yeah. one thing that we did that um I added to my notes here was we just cleaned up a little bit before nap Totally. Right before dad came home from work. And then right that. bedtime. Just quick as quick, you go. Tidy. Kind of clean as you go. So smart. So it's not totally wrecked. Um yes. at the end of the day. That's so smart. If you like incorporate it into their routine. Um, because you know, as an adult, everyone knows by now if you have cleaning and tidying integrated into your routine, like for me, it's like, you know, before I go to bed. Um, or, you know, before I ran out the door in the morning and as a mom, you know, I can't speak to that, but I would think the more you can incorporate it into your team, the better and the less stress it's going to be. It's not going to pile up. Absolutely. Yeah. But we definitely, both you and I did that, Renee, um, just structuring your day with mm -hmm. toddlers, especially mm -hmm. so that your house from the time you wake up until the time you go to bed is not just sort of aimless wandering and pulling things yeah. off the shelves and getting this out and then going in the next room you're you're living your day kind of in 20 to 30 minute segments and okay play with the the train set then the next thing we do is going to be reading so we're going to clean up the train set first and it boy it brings such peace yeah <laughs> less mess more peace and something that kids um thrive in i think yeah i think you're so right that kids really do, they can appreciate order when um, it's set up for them in a smart way. And that kind of goes back to, you have to maybe do some trial and error there. I also have a good tip for kids artwork. Cause I know I see that one pile up a lot in um, with moms and you know, you don't want to be like a barbarian and throw away every single piece you don't but, right no no you don't you don't <laughs> I mean I would but we you Renee we have to 
write ourselves in a little okay right 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 (laughs) um one thing that I think can be really great is instead of and plus it's also like unwieldy they come in like giant shapes and sizes because kids love that um I recommend taking pictures of their art and then going to if you go to Shutterfly a hot tip is they actually if you're a Costco member you can get the Costco pricing for Shutterfly quality now (gasps) yes and so you can make your photo books at Costco prices but now they because they bought Shutterfly so you want to take pictures of all their artwork that you really love maybe do it do it like by school year that way you're not doing this constantly so I recommend like keeping one box for each kid clear big box you can get them you know pretty cheap even at the container store and as the year goes on fill it and then at the end of the year take it out take pictures, put it into a Shutterfly album for them. And then they can enjoy all their picture memories of their art when they grow up, but they don't have just like stacks and stacks and stacks. Wow. Beautiful. There's a company that does this. It's called Archive. Archive. But you know, you're going to maybe pay a little more. This is like more of like a budget friendly hack, but you could do either. I love that. I thought you were going to say like, Oh, the frame where you can stick the art in the front. No. (laughs) (laughs) Like a hard no. (laughs) That's not, that seems like a little, (laughs) you could, I mean, you could, like I had one of those as a kid, loved it, but like, that's not for everyone. You may not want to, not going to force people to decorate their homes with toddler artists. Yeah. On the fridge is nice temporarily, but you know. So, okay, what, what do you do with the special things? So like you've talked mm-hmm. about this. So with grief, yeah. lost, uh, you know, yes. or someone, sure. you want to keep some things, but like, how, how do you walk people through that? Yeah, that is a really challenging one. And, you know, you have to be willing to be emotionally vulnerable with yourself. So it's one where, you know, if you're a young mom, maybe that's the day that, you know, a Saturday that dad takes the kids to go get ice cream and to the park and you can sit down and have some time to look through stuff because um, it can take a little time. One way to kind of save yourself some time on the beginning is once again, do the system where you're breaking things up. So I personally keep one small box uh, that I has memories on it. And then as the year goes on, Anytime I get a special card or, you know, something you want to remember, I tuck it in the box and then like on a yearly basis, you want to go through it and with fresh eyes be like, oh, I saved this, but you know what, do I really want need to save this forever? You know, it's fun to look back on my year, but it's needs, some of it needs to go in the trash and then save one box per person in your family of memories and you can add the stuff on a yearly basis to that larger box and um you know maybe every five ten years you go through and that's spend some time because you don't want to end up with boxes and boxes of this it's really doing a disservice to yourself and your kids it's like I like to think of it as like do unto others as you would have them like everybody knows someone whose parents left them a full house chalk to the brim of stuff they had to go through you know and save your kids, save yourself, just save a reasonable amount of special memories and take it, um, you know, take it one step at a time. 
don't feel like you have to do it all at once. Just keep one box for each kid, maybe in their closet. Mm-hmm. Do it at the end of the year. So I think there's some things that people feel like they cannot, like we're not allowed to give away, like, or, yes. or get rid of yearbooks, right? things like that. Mine are in the trash. I have my parents' yearbooks. Why? <laughs> what am I doing with those? I don't even know the right. people in them, except that one right. person. Right. Yeah. You, you really have to allow yourself to part with things that you don't hold in your hand and think, wow, this is such a fun, special memory, you know, overcome the, I should hang on to this. If you find yourself like looking at something and just that's what's going through your mind is like, oh, I should hold on to this. Okay. But why is it a joyful memory for you? If so, yeah, maybe limit yourself to, you know, one or two memory boxes and keep it. But if it's not, you know, I've walked clients through things like getting rid of, you know, family China, and that's really hard, but a silver is another big problem for people is they, everyone's, you know, ancestors left them now a lot of times worthless piles of silver dishware and it's big and clunky and it tarnishes and nobody has time in this day and age to polish it you know if you can maybe and it's special to you but you never find yourself using it maybe if you can just save one teacup or a cute saucer or um I have some clients that try to find creative ways to use a piece or two of it in daily life so instead of just keeping it up in a cabinet where they're never going to use it they have like a cute silver bowl that maybe was meant for candy at one point, but they have it holding like remotes on their coffee table. So if Love you it. can um, use the stuff that's happy in a memory for you, like I yeah. have a sugar bowl from my grandma that I love, but I don't really have sugar anymore to like, I'm not hosting tea parties. So I put my flaky salt in it and I use it as my salt well. That's a great idea. That's, yeah. That is, my house is filled. The decorations are really like just the special things from like yes. Dave's grandmother and my grandmother yes. or my mom, because I can't stand buying decorating stuff, you know, like so it's smart. Me so upset to go to TJ Maxx or Hobby Lobby and buy like a, a vase. And it's less personal, you know, if you yeah. can use this stuff to decorate or, yes. you know, function as, I think what a lot of people get hung up on is, oh, it's special. I want to preserve it. I don't want anything to have to do it. Well, you're not really living. You know, don't put it behind a glass case unless you absolutely have to. Like, live with it. Okay, it's going to get scratched and dented, but mm-hmm. at least you're happy. You can see it every day and it's getting used. That's what they would want, you know? Yes, absolutely. And I have broken a couple of, of sure that were special things, but you're right. I, I made that yeah. piece. I want to use it. Yes. I'll think of this person when I use it. And right. And then it breaks. It breaks. Right. Mm-hmm. And we have as Christians, that eternal perspective of it's just stuff, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to be meaningless to us someday. So let's just enjoy it while we have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I love to, um, I love that perspective so much. And I've, I learned it in my twenties and kind of have kept it with me so that if people come through my home at one time and comment, Oh, I really like that they may just get it to take home with them. I love that. (laughs) Because I mean, I probably have four of them, you know, so you do love it here. Take it, take it with you. I don't care. You know, if it's a chair or whatever it is, I I have been known to just 
show up and give you that thing because that's such a beautiful obviously way it made you happy. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's an easier, it makes it easier to give something away if someone else yes. loves it. I see that every day is people, it's really a lot easier for them to part with things if they can give it to somebody that would really enjoy it or need it. Um, that can also be a huge roadblock for people though. <laughs> feeling Some people physically can't bring themselves to give something away unless um, they know like it's going personally to somebody where it's going to be in good hands. Mm. And sometimes that can really hold people back from keeping pared down. So you also have to look at it from that perspective and say, you know, if you don't want it, even if you don't personally know and you have to donate it to a charity, still better than keeping it in your house. Because right. again, it's punishing yourself twice. Yes. You're just asking that curious question. Why mm -hmm. do I need to have that mm -hmm. here? Seriously, why? Why? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are certain personalities that, that are that way. I mean, you know, I, people I dearly love think very differently mm -hmm. differently about things than than I do and yeah it's a it can be tricky especially when you've got multiple you know people in a household feeling different ways about totally things um yeah I there's almost always in every couple I work with there's this like the keeper the sentimental one and the one that's like throw it away <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, you're a unicorn. If you have two people that are like, throw it away. Yeah. I, I feel like Renee, you and David are a little bit like that. We are. And that is such a yeah, blessing. So it's not fair for you to look at the rest of the world and go, think how weird we are. Because truthfully, <laughs> you are the weird one. I, I, you don't I have say, this conflict. I did at not home. say y'all are weird. I just said, I don't <laughs> understand it. I don't understand it. <laughs> Uh, I don't, I mean, because I think that they're, I wish we had somebody on here that was that way. Like, <laughs> I think they feel comfort in it. Yes. Yeah. No. To some people, clutter is comfort. Yeah. And that is a huge obstacle. And I think, again, it goes back to, okay, why? Like, yeah. can you, like doing a little soul, soul searching. I um, think if, the nail if on the they've head. called you in though, Gabri, if they've called you in and and it may have been comforting yeah. to them, but they've called you in for a reason because it's past a line. Yeah. And a lot of times, unfortunately, it is the spouse that's called us in. <laughs> but that's, I mean, it because I'm in the line of work that I am, I know that even people who find it comforting and that have that attachment to their stuff, we do work with them. So anybody can change and anybody can adjust their mindset. And you're not a hopeless case, even if that's your tendency, because I see people overcome it every day. And sometimes it really is just that having that friend to help them hold their hand, being willing to be vulnerable with yourself. Um, you know, it may take you an extra step or two if that's your um, tendency, but you can overcome it. I'm here to tell you. <laughs> I found um, with one of my two children has a little bit harder time. I'm trying to make it anonymous here, <laughs> getting rid of things. And so I found not until really they were much, much older. I wish I'd known this when they were younger, if we did it in stages. So if the editing as mm, you call it, yes. was, was um, put in a box that by their choice, and then we set it aside 
for several months. Like I could yeah. it, like up in the attic or somewhere it's away. A great strategy. And then bring it down. It was, there was less emotion with it. Yeah. Six months later. Now totally. we, we still were going to have different opinions on how much stuff needed to mm-hmm. go, but it was a, it was a lot less emotionally difficult to do mm-hmm. it two stage. Um, yes. like that. And I um, love that approach. That's a great one. I'm throwing that out there so that maybe I'll save some other mothers yes. pain and suffering. Cause the, the, my kids, if you ask them, like the look in my eye, when I said, we're <laughs> out, like it was, it was like a visceral childhood mini- memory. <laughs> oh my goodness. I and know. I would, I'm gonna I would look at their kids. and I would be like, we are not having this. We are not living this way. <laughs> Oh, that's they would amazing. just like be like pushing me out the door. I'll, we'll handle it. We'll handle it. Get out, get out, get out, get out. <laughs> I, I think so funny. Uh, coming up now, we just got done with Christmas and we're coming up on Valentine's day and Easter and all the holidays. Mm-hmm. And, um, you, I'm going back to that, that idea that you said at the beginning of the too small and the donate boxes yeah. where you make yeah. a decision right then about your kids clothes. So right. when you, uh, we're a little bit past Christmas for this, but going into the next holidays and for the next year, when you drag out your Easter stuff and you put out the cute little decorations that are on the top, don't just shove the box back. Oh yeah, dump it out and all the little stuff and the old ten-year-old mm-hmm. <laughs> Easter decorations <laughs> that you're still keeping at the bottom of the box. Like go through that, get rid of it, do whatever it is right then Give it before away. you put it all back up again. Yes. Give it away because go to a yard so sale. Smart. I'm a professional yard sailor. Ain't nobody <laughs> buying your Easter decorations. <gasps> nobody buying your Christmas decorations. Right. We don't want them. Right. No, that's that's a, such a good point is there's certain stuff that people will hang on to because they're like, oh, well, I could put this in a yard sale or like, I know this very specific person that might want this one small Easter egg. And that is the kind of stuff that give yourself permission to just put it in a bag, take it to your favorite charity or someone that, you know, that could maybe like want some extra decorations that couldn't afford that, you know, um, don't let yourself hold on to stuff for like the perfect time or person to get rid of it. And when you're getting out your holiday stuff, that's such a good time. Love People it. just hoard holiday stuff that, <laughs> and then you're right. They only take out the first five things and then they just, you know, it's in their attic. So they're like, yeah, but that is yeah. mental clutter. Oh. Boxes in your attic, mental clutter. Oh, which, because, you know, because you think about that, that's the top of your house, right? Is that what you're saying? It's like the top yeah. layer of your house, like your brain is the top layer of your head yes. and you're, yeah. yeah your attic totally. is messy your brain is messy oh. honestly I think that's true oh I actually think that's true interesting It'll be interesting what parts of your house are what part of you what yes. part of your body is your kitchen Renee it's my heart <laughs> it's your it's heart, heart. Yes. the kitchen is the heart <laughs> so I, I was looking this up um in light of this conversation there's a there's a little bit of stuff out there that says that that the, the tidiness lack of clutter is actually good for your health yes tell me, tell me about that I am um not a licensed physician but <laughs> hey, good to know good to know <laughs> some of the things that um 
um, I've found, and also that you put in the notes before this, are um, it really does reduce people's stress and truly increase happiness. The more pared down you live and with, um, you know, more tidy you are and able to keep your house. That is so true. I mean, I have, I see clients just about every day who are like, you know, we have a lot of repeat clients and they're like, you guys are, um, you know, it just gives me life to have this space back. Um, and I think people say all the time also, you know, I feel so much less stress or um, it's, I feel like a weight is lifted off because I think people really do carry around like just weight, feeling weighed down. And so, yeah, reducing stress. Um, and then you have in your notes, which um, I assume this is actual statistics you've looked up. It improves your sleeping habits, um, lowers your risk of cardiovascular events such as a heart attack. That makes sense if you're reducing stress. It decreases depression and anxiety. I have clients tell me that every day. Improves your eating habits. That's an interesting one. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Are we like just stress eating? Yes, I, I think so. And, you know, if you go to your pantry and you like see just a mess of chaos, but there's like a bag of chips on top that's like half open, you're going to probably grab that before, you know, now Renee, you go to your pantry and you see a little container that's marked nuts. And you're like, oh, I'll just have some of these pistachios. Yeah. The choir of vegetables on the ba- on the grandstand <laughs> sitting on my shelf. Yeah, <laughs> right. So I, I think, I think also, I mean, in extreme cases, it's harder to keep your house clean. So yes. you, um, just more minor, minor health things like the dust mm-hmm. level, yeah, um, being able to clean the floors, um, just, yeah, crumbs and stuff like mm-hmm. less, less stuff. It's just easier, easier, easier to live. And I got to say, Bonnie, I don't know about you, but when my kids moved out, I found out it wasn't just them that was making the house cluttered. <laughs> yes I have gone back and apologized actually gone, you know I put a little bit too much on you guys so yeah, it's not just them my guard down you know like I didn't have my game face on I wasn't raising kids anymore <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, I mean it can happen to any of us I mean no matter if we consider ourselves tidy or not you know we all need yeah I love this I've, I've every time I talk to you I come away with a couple of different gems of like okay yeah that's a great practice the box the once a year box taking that one away today I yeah love that. that one's a great one and it can be fun because you get to look back on you know your happy memories over the year great new year's activity yes and that's what it's there for like people save memories but when was the last time you guys actually went and looked through your memories right why why right. are we saving them then Good Not point. Very recently, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> yep. My favorite. My favorite takeaway was this: the Costco Shutterfly Savings Book for artwork. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna pass that one on. That was awesome. Yeah. Oh, good. I hope that helps somebody. Well, thank you so much, Gabri, for coming on. Oh, you're so welcome. This has been delightful. I've had so fun. much fun. If you're in the Middle Tennessee area and you want to check this service out let's go look up a, a fresh space there yes. available in nashville and you might be able to have gabri come to your own home too to help you i would out. love it i would just love it <laughs> mother's day present hint hint oh yes that is a makes such a good gift. gift you will be the you will be the number one husband if you do this oh <laughs> yes 
I can tell you that's always a very popular gift. Yeah. Huge. I love that. So we're going to have all these resources and some of the great tips that Gabri gave us today on our website at justaskyourmom.com. And if you will take five seconds to rate and review our podcast on whatever platform you listen to us, uh, just kind of raises us in the ratings, that would be great. And share us with your friends and family. And send us those topic suggestions. Just ask your mom podcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time on Just Ask Your Mom. Mom.